Welcome back to He's Abroad. This is Jason here in a sunny but chill, chilly Brooklyn. Joined as always by John, who is abroad in New Zealand. What's oh, up, John? How's it going? So it's, uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's going good here. Starting to get to spring. Yesterday was beautiful. We're getting to the point where you don't have to wear a coat. You wear some shorts. Oh. It's good. You know I don't like that. You know I prefer coat weather. I know. It, it, it's slimming on you. Exactly. <laughs> you like to stay exactly. wrapped up. But I think I've lost some weight. I've definitely lost some weight in the last... Uh, oh, me and you are the opposite. When you're... Oh, yeah? When you're... Uh, yeah, the COVID-19, you hibernate. So we, we got to oh, get... I just think it's about cooking. Like, the food... Well, that's... I mean, that's the thing. Even though I, I, I make fun of you for cooking pancakes and stuff, to be fair, especially living in New York, when you cook yourself, you automatically start to lose weight because there's so much good food out there when things are normal, right? So you probably ate out am, – am I wrong in saying that you probably ate out 90% of your meals? Yeah, or at least t- eating out or taking in, whatever it is, yeah. Again, but, yeah, but it was someone else, like, someone else was preparing most of my meals. And again, now, you live in New York. I don't blame you. I did the same thing when I first got there. And then it got to a point I go, hey, I can't keep doing this because I am going to be the largest man on earth. So I've got to stop and I've got to start cooking my own food, which is what you've done because of the virus. And you're going to lose a bit of weight just because – New York food's very good. And when you're cooking it yourself, you put a bit more mindfulness into it. It's just the way that it works. I suppose. But also the, you know, the, the pancakes and stuff like that, French toast, um, three days a week. This this is the ritual I've gotten into. Okay. Uh, and he, actually, it might be broken this week. But usually what I do is Saturdays and Sundays, I'll make myself some some delicious, sweet bullshit. And usually one of those days would be pancakes, in which case I'd have leftovers. And then I'll have those p- leftovers on Thursday mornings because Thursdays I play hockey. So, you know, I could get a little get a little bit of a cheat in there in the morning. Uh, this week I had, oh, my God, I, I created this um, this matcha mochi pancake recipe that I love. I love it. It really is delicious. It's quite good if you like matcha and if you want your pancakes with a little with a little extra chew, you know, something a little different. I highly recommend it. It's really, really solid. And, um, you know, I wrote down the, the recipe the last time I did it. So I just followed it again and it's fantastic. It's fantastic. You swap out all purpose flour for, uh, glutinous rice flour, which I believe is actually gluten free. Go figure. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. But it's weird that it's called glutinous rice. Yeah, exactly. Flour. It's got gluten in the world, even though it's free of gluten. Yeah. It, I don't understand the naming convention, but whatever you swap that out. Boom changes everything well because glutinous rice has the gluten but the flour itself i think removes it again I, we should probably look this up because i'm not that's exactly eh, sure not why. necessary the point is <laughs> it's delicious um you know you, you you put in a few tablespoons a couple tablespoons of matcha in there boom you got these green delicious pancakes and and, I, and i'm not gonna lie like a reheat you, you 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 make pancakes you probably don't but if you do and then when you're done you got these extra pancakes freeze them and then when you're ready, you toast them. And a toasted pancake is delicious. It's really, really good. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, there, there's there's more than one way to, to enjoy a pancake. Sure. Okay. And again, I, I've, I haven't, I don't cook pancakes unless it's holiday time or I'm going to be home for a while. I probably haven't cooked pancakes since Christmas last year. <laughs> wow. <laughs> to be honest. You know, I feel bad. I feel bad that I didn't have this, um, this pancake and French toast cooking knowledge before Christmas of last year. Yeah. Otherwise, for sure, I would have made you and your family all the delicious shit. All of it. All of it. You name it, I'd do it. Yeah. 
So because this, so last weekend, a little bit of an update here on the on the pancake uh, front here. You know, I actually we haven't really spoken about any breakfasts in the last uh, in the no, last. No, we've few. been all uh, politics. So let's yeah, let's let's get back into regular programming here. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's talk about the real shit that matters. All right. Did I fir- did I tell you that Drew made me a bunch of bread and I made and I made French toast out of that? No, but there is one thing I will say is that of all the people that we that I knew in New York when I was there with you, Drew was the one that could cook. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like sure Drew, is. like legit can cook. <laughs> so yeah, like out of all the people, like when we used to go out and eat, like that's the guy that I would I would trust to go to his house and eat. All the rest of yeah. you, nah, <laughs> not so much. Yeah. So my 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 scheme is to uh, is to make a French toast restaurant where Drew basically bakes a bunch of bread and then we, absolutely we French that toast sounds like it. a that's, solid that's idea. The, I'd, I'd invest. That's in the that. plan. One sure. So all right. So you will send me a million dollars and we'll make that happen. Awesome. We'll do. Great. It's got to be American. Don't don't try to pull this bullshit New Zealand cash on me. I'm not down. You didn't, with that. You didn't say that. Well, I'm saying that now. Anyway, so I made that stuff. It was delicious. Drew Drew made some real kick-ass bread. I made a what the hell was this? Oh right, um, this was. So then I made apple cider donut first French toast. I did this for Halloween. Apple you know? cider donut French toast. Okay. Apple cider donut French toast with a pumpkin pumpkin spice whipped cream. That's right, and I made it orange. For Halloween, were you now, wearing UGG a, boots while you did this? <laughs> no, it was it was a party of one. I was wearing my usual French toast cooking and uh, purple pants. Good stuff. <laughs> and that's it. Just purple pants. No shirt. Purple pants. <laughs> I might have been wearing my robe. It depends okay. how cold it was. I probably wasn't. <laughs> it might it might just have been purple pants, no shirt. Enjoy that image. <laughs> um, so then, yeah, then it was the matcha the matcha mochi pancakes, and then I made this thing. I then I made. Um, red velvet pancakes the next day. So that's the the red velvet pancakes with of course whenever you do red velvet what do you need cream cheese. You need the you need the cream cheese icing. Yeah. And I made that stuff and good god I still have leftovers of it and I just want to like just pour that stuff all in my mouth. It is damn good. It's just a shit ton of whipped cream and powdered sugar and mm, 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 mm. it's good shit. And then this morning this is the end of it. I made a uh, I made a crunchy French toast or crispy French toast is probably more applicable with a raspberry compote. And uh, if you're wondering, how do you make crunchy or crispy French toast? Well, you make French toast as you normally would. And before you fry it, you dip that in some Rice Krispies or you can use uh, some uh, crushed cornflakes. That's another way to do it as well. And then you fry that stuff that way. Then you get a nice little crunch on the outside of your French toast. It's a beautiful thing. All right. Yeah. I, I, I just don't think French toast is one of those things I'll ever make at home. Well, you're missing out. Yeah. I guess Alice is not a fan of French toast either. Or uh, Again, like, no. I, again, I think we're a fan of anything if someone makes it and hands it to me. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I don't wake up on early on a Saturday or a Sunday and make breakfast, really. I wake up much earlier than she does. She just wants coffee. So it's just like, yeah, yeah. you get you coffee by 10 o'clock. I've already had a bowl of cereal. I'm already moving around um, on my end, right? Most of my mornings are breakfast as quick as possible and then run to the hardware store because I've now understand why my parents went to Home Depot almost every weekend. I get it. 
something was always broken or needed to be There's fixed. always something to do when you own a house. So, you know, hmm. fixing drywall or getting lawn supplies, cutting your lawn or pulling up weeds or power washing cement. Yeah, but imagine imagine the hero you'd be to wake up, make some pancakes. I'm sure. Absolutely. Pur- purple made pants. It. Purple pants, no shirt. <laughs> you know, you keep, you just you don't even they don't need to be ready when when she's up, you know? You just you just a 200 degree, degree oven. Put them on a put them on a cooling rack in the oven, but when it when she's ready, yeah. Look, I'm sure if I did, but yeah, but again, I don't I don't have the I don't personally have the time to sit there make and some, make the make the breakfast. Make I've, I've got to get I've got to get vegan stuff bacon makes make some of yeah, that shit. Exactly. It's bacon, bacon. Ugh, I can't even imagine. And I guess um, that's the thing. How do you make French toast without an egg? Oh, you can't. You don't do eggs. I, I I'm I'm more of a vegetarian now, but again I, I right. try not I don't buy eggs. So if I go out and the only thing to eat is eggs, so again, so my my dietary philosophy, which I know is confusing to most people. Probably some bullshit. Is basically look, if there's options that don't involve meat or dairy or eggs, I'm gonna take that option when I go out to eat. And when I'm at home, for the most part, that's just how I eat, right? But if I go somewhere and the only thing to eat is, you know, eggs and toast or something, I'm not gonna starve, right? Like I, I guess that's the point where I say I'm not gonna starve for this principle. Um. Oh wow! There is a total abortion sign in the middle of this sea of Trump signs. Huh. John, John is watching the live uh, feed of the Trump protests. On there's a fuck ton of people. There's a lot of people. Um. But anyways, we're gonna keep it moving. So, yep. but yeah, look. I, I mean, I guess that's the thing, right? Like that's my principle where I'm not gonna starve, right? But the good thing about living in Wellington, specifically in New Zealand, is that every restaurant has very good meat-free options and dairy-free options. So I support those options. Because it keeps those options on the menu and it gives people who need those options to really the chance to, to utilize them. And again, I think a lot of people, they'll go for meat free if it's good, right? Like that's the one thing I've always realized that people hate the vegans that want to – they hate it because it's questioning your personal choices about what you eat, right? But anytime there's a dairy-free or meat-free option somewhere, like at a party, that option's always gone first. Always. Because I don't think people – people just don't want to be judged for their choices of, of eating. That's it. But for the most part, if you're quiet and you don't, you just go about your life. Most people don't care what you eat. They don't care. Right. So yeah, so that's kind of how I go. I don't buy eggs and things because I don't eat them as much anymore. But if I go out to a restaurant and all they have are eggs and toast and potatoes, I'm going to eat the eggs and toast and potatoes because I'm not going to starve. So, well, I'm uh, I'm looking at this. I found a vegan French toast recipe. It looks great in the pictures. You should make it. I challenge you to make this, and that way you okay. can you can say if it's good or That's bad. Fine. Right? You're, you're trying uh, all you, the. You options, know, I'll be right? honest. You know, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I'll, 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 of course. Here's what we got. Here's the ingredients: a heaping tea- tablespoon of chia seeds. I don't. <laughs> I don't know why. Why? Why is that in there? Chia why is it an ingredient? When, I'm going to tell you why. Right? Because chia seeds, I believe, when they're in water, actually create the same textures that eggs do. Got it. So here we go: uh, a half tablespoon of agave nectar or maple syrup. Okay, got that. I, I actually have chia seeds as well. One cup of unsweetened. Surprised by that? <laughs> yeah. Look at you. One cup of one cup of unsweetened almond milk. Okay, but I, I also have uh, I have oat milk, so I, I could use oat that milk's well. fine. This probably works, yep. right? Yep, for sure. It says any non dairy milk. Um, also, unsweetened almond milk is usually too thin. And you, I want it, it to be is like very thin, thicker very anyway, thin, which is why it doesn't I've really actually, work in coffee much. I've yeah. actually swapped out in my French toast. I've gone from whole milk. I'll use whatever I have, really. But if I'm actually like deciding ahead of time that I'm going to make French toast, I'll go with heavy cream. Oof, it's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
half teaspoon of ground cinnamon, half teaspoon, half teaspoon of vanilla extract. Uh, okay. Got it. So the only, okay. So you're kind of making, yeah, this is easy. I actually have all of this stuff. Yeah. So look, okay. just give it a go. No and next podcast, we'll talk about it. And again, you don't, you might not like it because yeah, I might look, do it tomorrow. Eggs, eggs honestly, delicious. I got, yeah. I got a, I got a loaf of, uh, of brioche bread and I got to use it. So give it a go. Look, you, you, your eventual partner might thank you for it. You never know. Yeah, all those. Yeah, all those. When you're uh, eating your heavy cream and egg French toast, your you know significant other can have a vegan option. That way, you can show that you're versatile. I'll bet. Yeah. Wow. I I, I, I love I love perusing the the, uh, huh. the I, I love <laughs> I love perusing the vegan dating sites because from the jump, I know we're gonna have a lot in common. Yeah. <laughs> But that's the thing, right? Like, if I'm going to travel to Japan, God willing, the pandemic subsides in the next two years, and we go to Japan again, I'm not going to have a bowl of ramen, right? Like, that's – no, I'm sorry. I, I'm not not going to have a bowl of ramen. Right. I was going to say, wait a minute. What? You're, no, no, you're no. not going to have Ichiro? You right. got to have but, Ichiro. But again, that's in Japan in this – but if I don't have to, I won't. That's sort of where my dietary principle has, has led me. As in, like, if you have options that are meat-free, they're very clearly – again, my my health when I went completely vegan I, – I think I told you this, right? I did, I did a blood test, and the guy basically told me – he's like, this is one of the best blood tests I've ever seen in my life. He's like, he's like, he's like, I'm not joking. He's like, your blood levels, your cholesterol levels, all this are, are immaculate. He's like, one of these, one of these, like your bad cholesterol, I couldn't even register it. He's like, our test doesn't register probably what the amount of your bad cholesterol actually is. And he goes, what are you doing? And I go, well, I stopped eating meat a year ago. And he goes, well, then don't stop. He's like, that's basically what you need to keep doing. All right. He's like, slow, down. The, slow, yeah. slow down there, Mr. Go President. Yeah. All right. Because you know what? That sounds like a bunch of bullshit. I think the no, I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I can read this. This has got to be the greatest. Thing. This has got to be the greatest blood test in history. It's got to be again, the best one just, I've ever He just said that he's seen because, again, a lot of people in New Zealand eat lamb and meat, right? Like, there's not many. Oh, this is in New Zealand? Who, yes, here. Yeah. You should so have just been like. There's only people. So, how many blood tests has he seen? <laughs> I don't know. Just be like, it's melanin. All right. You haven't seen any of that shit before, have black, you? That's no what cracks, it looks like. you have I mean, but that's the thing. Normally, you look at black blood tests and it's, it's, all, it's all sorts of problems, right? Because we don't eat well. And I think a lot of black people are going towards this way because it does. I think specifically because you're not being marketed a bunch of bullshit over there. Exactly. <laughs> that's the other difference. I, I just really, like, again, like, it's, and again, I've, I've, I don't eat completely vegan right I, but again 90 percent of my diet doesn't involve meat or dairy products and i've realized that it just it's made me feel better so yeah for my own again i don't have the principles i still go i still hunt like i'm not i don't have principles about animal lives oh, speaking and, like, of I vegan actually so this is a thing i meant to tell you about this this is this is the picture that i couldn't identify on my phone um the um i did actually make something that was close to i guess it kind of was right i made uh i made peanut butter pancakes Oh, and peanut butter is my favorite. Oh, I love peanut butter. I could eat a jar gonna, of peanut butter like a bear, like a bear with a love jar this. of honey. You, oh. You're going to love this. I'm going to tell you how to make them. You take a pancake recipe, you swap the eggs for peanut butter. Oh, oh there you look at that. That's pancakes. it. You've already done it. You've already done it. Other than the milk, right? And then just replace it with oat milk. You got vegan pancakes. Yeah, boom. absolutely. You just you just use oat milk or whatever milk you got on hand and boom, peanut butter pancakes. And it's vegan. Again, but again, it's make that those. easy, which I just think most people aren't like they don't even it's know. It's not that easy because that means the only pancake you could have is a vegan pancake. Get the fuck out of here. But that's there's not lots like, of ways. Again, what you want to do in life. You just gone through two versions of, of pancakes or French toast that you can make without dairy products. Yeah. It's not that hard. It really isn't that mm-hmm. hard. So once you, you learn know, how to swap the best out saving dairy grace, for the things, you're fine. The best saving grace of uh, a vegan or vegetarian is that sugar is vegan. 
<laughs> if sweets are vegan. You'll be fine, right? You personally will be fine. Oh yeah, I could do it. I don't want to do it, but I could of do. Of course it. you don't. Yeah, which is fine. Which again, which is which is the difference between me and most vegans. I'm not going to pressure Look, anyone. All I got to like, say is my you? my my body, my choices. Okay. <laughs> That's me. I do. <laughs> I do respect the morality thing of it, right? Like I I can I can appreciate that side of it. For vegetarians specifically, for vegans, I I struggle a little bit more. It's just it's a bridge too far. Once you cut out honey, I just don't but, understand. But, but that's my point, though. Everyone, when they have a problem with veganism, is about well, I don't want to stop doing this. I know, yeah, I don't get. I understand that. I just you agree with the ideals and the principles. You just don't want to stop eating the thing, so it's fine. I just think if people kind of, I agree with the, the ideals that, and the principles yeah. to a certain point. You're not harming a chicken if you eat an egg. That's all I'm saying. And that's why it's like it just feels a little too extreme. It feels a little too extreme. I, well, you but, stay in your box. You stay in my box. You're not trying to take my food away. That's great. That's fine. Well, again, I respect that's it. The, that's the point. That's the point. It's got nothing it's to not do like with I whether or not. It's not like I somebody and they're like, I'm vegan. I'm like, well, fuck you then and just walk away. That's yes. not at all. But again, I'm not doing I, if, that. If I'm going to make that argument, I'm going to say, well, people feel that the way that 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 chickens and hens are treated as far as they're, as far as creating eggs is concerned, is inhumane. So the process of how you get your eggs is inhumane, right? Or the process yeah, of how you get your now. dairy is. I'm but again, free free range. free range is it really free range? Again, I'm I'm making the vegan argument, which I'm just like it doesn't matter. Like to me, the argument doesn't matter. Where it's like, yeah, you got to stop like factory farming and stuff. But people just made more choices to not eat meat because it just doesn't matter. Because you can get delicious food that doesn't have meat in it. Like since when did meat have to be a staple in what you eat for every meal? It doesn't have to be. So eat yeah. the best thing on the menu. But it's it is delicious though. Sure. And it's easy. That's the thing, is that making meat is easy. It was much easier for me to eat when you buy a steak, you put it on a cast iron skillet with some butter, you put it in the oven, oh. and boom, you're done. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah it done. is. And it's and it's and it's delicious. <laughs> you know it's delicious. And then you oh, and then you then you boil some broccoli, right? Like it's fine. Or you, or, you, or, you, or you put some broccoli in the or you put it in the oven, which is how I do yeah. it now. Yeah, you put putting, it in the oven. You put some put of that, some yeah, of that smoke sauce on it. Oh, yeah, delicious. Oh my god! But then again, yeah. but think about how easy that is for most men under the age of twenty-five, right? But if you tell them, hey, well, you've got to, you know, you've got to get a firm, you got, you got to get a tofu, and then you got to drain it so it's firm, and then you got to marinate. Like, I ain't doing all if that. If I was, if I was vegan, thing. I'd never, I'd still never eat tofu. Fuck that. Tofu, I really. It's not. It's not delicious. It's no. You don't understand. I do understand. A flavorless thing cannot be delicious. It's as delicious as the thing you put on it. I've eaten all the stuff that you've eaten, and tofu's good. It's fine. Once you once you do fine. There's good. It's good. It's good. Yeah. (laughs) You could. You could cook, but it's good. All all I'm saying is you could make a steak and do nothing to it. Well, you you got to put some salt and pepper on it. No, I'm saying you could even not do that; it would still taste delicious. Oh, uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. You need a little salt and pepper. To I'm giving you a block. I'm giving you a block of tofu. I'm giving you a block of ribeye. I'm All taking right? the block of tofu. You're a, every time you now. are a lot. Okay, <laughs> I am. Impossible. I'm taking the block of tofu. I'm taking. Yeah, the block I know. Of tofu. I know now based on the dietary. I'm talking about taste alone, though. Taste alone. I still take taste. the tofu. I still take the tofu. Jesus Christ! It's like I still take the tofu. This, this is what it's like arguing with Trump supporters. Think about <laughs> what, what are they up to now? <laughs> what are they doing? I can't see like you, the, you the can't video. You can't agree. Yeah, what's going on with this video? Yeah, I don't know. The, the live stream's failing. Um, there's somebody this, in stripe. There's a referee in the crowd. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like black and white Waldo. 
Go and ahead. at this point, again, like you can, and think about this, you can get vegetarian stock and chop up tofu and you basically have soup, right? Could you do that with- That's not you know, what I said. That's not what I said. So just on its own, again, on its own, I'd still rather eat tofu. I would. Okay. All, all, all I have is fire and a block of ribeye or a block of tofu. I'm still going to take Oh, the we're talking about fire now. Oh, yeah. Well, you have to have fire. You can't, again, I can eat raw tofu. You can't eat raw meat. <laughs> I know. I yeah, you're cooking it, tofu. but you can't, you can't season it. You can't add a sauce. You can't put it in a broth. You literally just have fire and this thing. You got to block the tofu. Fire, a source to put it on, and then I'm going to take the tofu. Now, look, we should pose this to the audience, right? Because I think I'm right on this. I, I think I'm going to win. Because I think raw meat on its own with no seasoning is not very good. I didn't say raw. You're cooking it. Fine. Cooked tofu cooks anything with no salt and pepper is gonna be rough to eat regardless, but I actually find that tofu is gonna be easier to digest and more palatable. All right. Audience. Because it tastes like nothing, where instead you get meat that's not seasoned. Have you ever eaten unseasoned meat? It's gross. No, it still tastes good. Does it? What's the last time you've eaten unseasoned meat? Seriously. I don't, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but you know, I've had it. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? That's a good point. Maybe, maybe this, maybe this is the, maybe this is down racial lines <laughs> where you guys are so used to unseasoned meat, you'd be fine. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, when I'm cooking meat, yeah, I'm I'm seasoning the hell out of it. But you know, it's not it's not absolutely mandatory. I'm just saying, it's still it still tastes good. Yeah, it I'm still, still picking good. tofu. So there you go. Look, okay. that's where my life has led me. But if I go to Japan and there's a bowl of tonkatsu ramen, I'm eating that bowl of ramen. I don't All care right. what you say. Or there's I'm not, some sushi. I'm, not, you think I'm, 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 I'm eating that sushi. I'm going to eat mm-hmm. that. Give me that sushi. Give it to me. Okay. Right on. Good stuff. Well, glad, glad we found some common ground there. You see, we can come together. All right. So let's go to some news. I got some stories here. Um, I know wow, you're watching like, this. That sign started with, I love Donald Trump, and then I couldn't see the rest of it. Like, yeah, like there's just a lot of Trump flags, not a lot of American flags. There's a few, though, to be fair. Definitely a few. I mean, the guy's hugged a lot of flags, so you would accept you would expect him to uh, to have that. Uh, by the way, none of my stories are around Trump or the election. I have and election also, news, but and not, also but a lot Trump of camo was. too. There's a lot of camo. What are we camouflaging right. from, guys? What are we hiding from? <laughs> so, are you still off the news then? Now that the are you following any stuff? You still I'm, read I'm off social media. I'm off okay. social media. I'm I'm, I'm on the news though. I'm I'm hooked. Like I couldn't stay off it. It was like a drug. Probably yeah, bad. it's bad. Really bad. Uh, my productivity definitely went up after the election. Though. So here we go. I got some stories for you. I'll give you some choices. Here we go. So here are your options. Vaccines, cruises, and great tits. <laughs> let's start with the breast. Let's move on to the vaccine and let's finish with the cruises. Okay. You got to seriously get your mind out of the gutter. So you said great tits, you're going to end with cruises, and we do vaccine in the middle, right? Yes, yes. Okay, cool. Now, I'm reading from the New York Post. I wanted to read from the Independent, but they changed the, their headline, and I understand why people read the New York Post, because they write a lot. They're, they are pretty good at their brevity. So here we go. Great tits could be wiped out by climate change in the near future. Uh, you're talking about a bird. That's right. Talking about birds. We mean the birds, dirtbags. That's the first line <laughs> of the article. <laughs> the unfortunately named Great Tit has joined a lot. Now, why is it unfortunately? 
has joined a long list of species that could soon disappear due to Earth's rapidly warming climate. What a Quote, beautiful bird. Yeah, it's a very pretty bird. It's a very pretty bird. Um, Quote, if the changes happen too fast, species can become extinct, end quote, said Emily Simmons, an associate professor at the Norwegian University of Science and Technology's Department of Biology. She authored an article in the Journey of Ecology Letters detailing how the food supply of the great tit, a colorful songbird endemic to Europe and Asia, and other bird species can be impacted by a premature season shift caused by rising temperatures. Simmons argued that warmer winters and resultant early springs prompt plants to leaf to leaf earlier, causing tree-eating larvae to hatch ahead of time. Science Daily reported this this can prove problematic to birds like the great tit that depend on the spring bug bounty when they're babies. Quote, when the climate changes, the interaction between different species changes too. End quote, explained Simmons. Fortunately, some populations of great tits have learned to adapt to the untimely spring by simply hatching earlier, proving that early bird does indeed get the worm, thanks New York Post. This behavior, in turn, could potentially be passed on to future generations. However, after analyzing statistical models and different climate scenarios, researchers deduced that the songbirds would be able to evolve in tandem with their prey forever. Wouldn't. Sorry. Hang on. Yeah, wouldn't yeah, that, that's, an imper- that's, a, that's an important distinction. So yes, they can't. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so they they're can. not going to be able yeah. to adapt fast enough as climate change is happening, which is the main problem with climate change, right? If it was slow, the climate always has changed over the time that it's existed. It just doesn't happen this quick. So normally species, us included, have been able to adapt to when climates change. But now we can't because we are accelerating it. And that's why these people marching are idiots is <laughs> because climate change is real because it's happening quick. It's not the fact that it hasn't happened. It's always happening. Ch- climates are always changing. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that we're accelerating it. Yeah. And there's definitely that shift, right? Where you see that. I think I mentioned it last week when I, it was that guy who was saying, Oh, why is it so it's like, Oh man, it's going to be colder. And I'm like, well, it'd probably be milder because it's been milder. You're going to be complaining that it's cold in April. And the reason it's cold is April is because it was warm in December. Yes, exactly. It's happening sooner. It's just how it goes. It's just yes. the, the climates are shifting, climate, and it, things are actually getting warmer overall, but it's also about the extremities, right? Yeah, and cool. look, and we can't... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Continue. All right. Quote, the larvae might be changing even faster than the great tits, end quote, said Simmons, who chalked up the evolutionary discrepancy to the, quote, big greenhouse gas emissions, end quote. The report added, quote, we might reach a kind of threshold where the great tits aren't keeping up. The rubber band gets stretched too far, you could say, end quote. Sorry, this is my juvenile <laughs> sensibilities yeah, kicking in. in, in <laughs> you're the one who said these were about breasts, and I, I'm saying it's not. In the worst case scenario, researchers suggest larvae hatched approximately 24 days You said days great tip with a, with a laugh, by the way. Yeah, you did. Sure did. I, I've been holding this grin the whole time I'm reading this. In the worst case scenario, researchers suggest larvae hatched approximately 24 days earlier than the 2020 norm which caused the whole population of great tits to vanish by the year 2100 due to lack of food. Fortunately, Simmons said, quote, populations will be able to survive scenarios with lower or medium warming trends, end quote. Great tits aren't the only fine feathered friends feeling the heat from climate change, according to a report by Audubon, Audubon, I guess. Nearly two thirds of America's breeding avian species face extinction due to global temperature spikes. 
More alarmingly, scientists speculate that the global warming could wipe out one third of all animal and plant life by 2070. What? Yeah. Ooh. Soon, we have a chance of still being alive in 2070. How old will yeah. you be in 2070? Uh, I will be 95, I believe. No, you won't. Will you? 2070? Oh, sorry. 50 years from now. I was just, <laughs> I was just adding to it. You're right. 70 plus uh, 15 for me. So I'll, the uh, 82. Yeah. I'd be 85. It's a 95. We both got the math wrong. <laughs> I was just adding 70 to now. I don't know why I was thinking. No, this. no. So yeah, I'll be 85. And there's a good ever chance. since the year 2000. Especially with my immaculate diet. Exactly. With your perfect blood work. My perfect blood. The perfect, perfect blood. Perfect vegan blood. <sighs> mm. Yeah, sad news. Wow. Are sad they chasing news. Trump's motorcade? Look at this. They're chasing after Trump on bikes. And they're, and they're way, is he, is he waving to his crowd. He might be. Continue. Sorry, the great tit. I don't have um, the feed's kind of broken up. I'll have to refresh it. I, I switched the feed. New feed. <laughs> oh, okay. Got it. This one's not, link it not happening. So this can, one just stopped. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Okay. Cool. Sounds good. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of upsetting. This is uh, this is what people are voting for. This is what people are uh, are worried about, and this it's real. I was I was reading something about how. Canada is building plants that actually absorb carbon dioxide from the from the air. Well, that's in an cool. effort to reduce emissions. Are they yeah. building them? Or are they genetically growing plants? Or are they actually building plants? No, no, not like like factories of sorts. So Fact Canada plant, plant, okay, not not tree plants. Yeah, okay, not like yeah. Not I wasn't sure like, if they were building like fake pine trees or fake you know maple trees to fit in the middle of the Great Canadian Wilderness to suck up you know emissions. Wasn't sure. Yeah, I thought uh, gas source. Insane. Uh, I'm trying to find it. Uh, maybe I'll look up and see if I could find an article about it for next week. But yeah, apparently there. I, I it was just through like some Reddit thing, I believe, where I saw this. But <laughs> they right, said they so were anyways. they were basically turning emission, taking emissions and putting that, and the absorption would like turn it into reusable fuels. It was like some interesting thing like that. I, I don't know. I'm kind of talking out of my ass here. So yeah, okay. Well, we can, good. Look, we, uh, we got to save the great tit. Yeah, got to save them. Got to otherwise, great tits can go away forever, and nobody wants that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're beautiful. You look at these pictures, and they 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 just look great. So yeah, you're you're on a timeline here. We got something's got to be done. Got to save them. Get after it. Pay attention. Switch to hybrid. Go vegan. That'll um, yeah. That also helps. Yeah, I drive a truck and I hunt and I go vegan. So I'm one out of three ain't bad people. I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah, I like how you led with driving a truck. You just kind of buried the lead. There's like, wait a minute, that's good. That's not good. Hang on a second. No, it's not good at all. So at this point, I mean, make bring the cyber truck out and I'm good. Right? You're gonna get one of those? Is that your plan? I, I again, I drive an electric truck if they had one because I'm finding owning a truck very useful. Like today, I'm gonna go drop a bunch of stuff off at the dump. You just throw it in the back of your truck. Driving in, I'm told I'm a I'm a con- I'm a convert. I will own a truck for the rest of my life. It's great. I can I can relate to the benefits of uh, of owning a truck. When I went shooting for the one time in my life in Buffalo, uh, we went in my friend's pickup truck and we just threw all those guns in the back and it was great. Great, right? It's great. Yeah. It's great. Sto- I mean, for hockey, <laughs> for hockey gear. Quite honestly, oh, yeah. some, of the, some of the days where it's rained and I was too lazy to take my gear all out after a game. You know what I do? I just empty it out in the truck bed. Because there's a cover on the top of it. So I just let it air out. And then the minute the sun comes out, I open up the bed, bed of the truck and boom, fresh air. It's amazing. 
Love it. Sanitize it from the UV light. It's great. All you got to do is just hose it down. Just hose down the back of the truck. If you have the opportunity to own a pickup truck in your life, do it. Wow. Hopefully it's an electric. Hopefully it's electric, yes. (laughs) Or a hybrid at least, you know? Save the environment. You'd you'd sacrifice the tits for your pickup truck is what you're saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. All right. As long as you know where you stand. All right. Moving on. Again, reading from the New York Post, mainly for its brevity. (laughs) Main source of news, huh? So I was looking for something. I wanted to talk a little bit about the Pfizer vaccine. Yes. That was announced. And uh, here's an article that that came out for the New York Post, and it sounded hopeful. So we'll read it. Um, Scientists behind Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine make bold claim. It can stop pandemic. They didn't write the. <laughs> that's literally how the how the headline was written. You said brevity, right? So, yeah, exactly. We can't do, we can't mess around with words like the and a and of. We're we're just getting to the point here. A billionaire scientist. Oh Jesus Christ! God damn it! Here, a billionaire scientist behind Pfizer and BioNTech's breakthrough COVID nineteen vaccine said he expects it to quote, bash the virus over the head, and quote, and ultimately end the pandemic, according to a report. Following an announcement, th- oh, fuck. Following an announcement this week that the vaccine was more than 90% effective in trials, Uger, Uger Sa- Shaheen, there's a lot of, there's a lot of symbols on this, on this uh, name that I don't understand. There's a little half circle on top of the G, and then there's a little squiggly under the S. So take that for what it's worth. The 55-year-old... or Roger Stone? Sorry, continue. I'll, I could tell you. Uh, wait a minute. My thing just canceled. I'm not even Sorry. watching the thing anymore. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm watching a Breitbart News stream, which I don't know if that's better or worse. Though these streams I mean, are it, awful. They, they can't stream to the people. I mean, all the people they'd want to stream to are there. So <laughs> who else they stream to? Anyway, the 55-year-old CEO of BioNTech, that guy who I don't know if I pronounce right, on Thursday sold, told the UK Guardian that it's a sure thing. Quote, if the question is whether we can stop this pandemic with this vaccine, if the question is whether we can stop this pandemic with this vaccine, then my answer is yes, because I believe that even protection only from symptomatic infections will have a dramatic effect. And quote, Shaheen of Mainz, M-A-I-N-Z, told the paper. Yeah. He said he's confident. He said he's confident that the treatment will work because it attacks the virus on multiple levels. Quote, the vaccine hinders COVID-19 from gaining access to our cells. But even if the vaccine, even if the virus manages to find a way in, the T cells bash it over the head and eliminate it. We have trained the immune system very well to perfect these two defensive moves. We now know that the virus can't defend itself against these mechanisms. End quote, he said. He added, quote, we now know that vaccines can beat this virus. End quote. Didn't we always know that? Anyway, on Monday, the pharmaceutical giant Pfizer and German and German firm BioNTech announced that their vaccine candidate had proved to be 90 percent effective at stopping people from getting sick during phase three trials. It's unclear how long the po- the potential vaccine would last. But Sahin, who Forbes said is worth four point five billion dollars. Why is that relevant to this story? Said he believes it could work for up to a year. Quote, we only have we only have indirect clues so far so far immunity duration. I mean, that's basically what they're referring to. Studies of COVID-19 patients have shown that those with a strong immune response still have that response after six months. I could imagine we could be safe for at least a year, end quote, he told the paper. 
more research yeah, about like, the I level. I guess that's the question, right? If that's going to become a yearly, like a flu vaccine, right? Like you, right. you can find a way to roll it into that vaccine schedule of, all right, so once we get rid of the virus, we then have a flu vaccine and then a COVID vaccine. But yeah, like you don't know. Yeah. So the end of this article, it just says more research about the level of protection the vaccine offers to different age groups is is expected to be released in three weeks, he said. So the things the things that aren't mentioned in this article, just if you're not following this or be it you, John, or anybody listening, is that the vaccine needs to be stored in incredibly cold temperature Mm, in order to be effective. And it needs to uh, and and I believe it needs to be administrated twice before it's effective so is is it a a regime like you take one and then you got to come back the next week and take it again uh yeah i think it's something like that let me see if i can find some information in this article so um yeah yeah, it's something like that yeah i mean look to be honest with you my uh, my opinion on the vaccine right i'm not afraid of taking vaccines right i'm not an anti-vaxxer but Mm -hmm. in this case in this case the best way to not catch COVID 19 is to not take a vaccine to me, it's to not catch COVID-19. It's to do the things that we're supposed to be doing, which is social distancing, masking, all this other thing, right? Which would actually give them time to properly come up with a vaccine for people who are unable to do that. That's the part that I think frustrates me is that we'll rush out this vaccine. A bunch of people will take it. People will have adverse side effects to it because that happens with every vaccine, right? Like I personally, I haven't gotten a flu shot in a long time because the one time I took a flu shot, I got extremely sick. I basically got the flu. So I was like, ah, when it come up again, do I really want to feel that bad again? Or do I, like, again, it's one of those things, right? And specifically with this, because of how politicized it's become, if if a handful of people have a bad reaction to this vaccine, there's a chance that you get more people who won't take it, which means that we'll never beat this thing. Like, you still need to do the precautions. You can't take the vaccine. It's It's almost one of those things, like, you still have to wear your helmet, even if you're wearing motorcycle gear. Like, yeah, cool, I got the gear on, but I still got to wear a helmet. I, that, that, that doesn't mean because I buy a bigger bike or I buy a bike with a bubble around it that I don't still have to wear a helmet. You always have to wear a helmet. And so for this, you're always going to have to social distance, always have to mask, even when you take the vaccine. And that's my worry. Yeah. And they were saying that even when the vaccine starts going out, you'll need to keep doing that. So until you know that you've vaccinated whatever percentage of the population that needs to, like until you populate, until you've vaccinated like 75% of the population. Yeah you'll still have to do those measures. Like, do you think that they'll make you, I mean, you have to do this when you go to foreign countries. Like when I went to Peru, I had to get, I forget what shot I had to get, but I actually had to have a sheet with me that says I have this shot, like that I have these vaccines. Probably. So you probably I, have to get something like a note that says, hey, he's taken two doses of this vaccine. So if you decided to then go travel to country X, you'd have to, well, along with your passport, prove that you've taken this vaccine and it's signed by some type of official medical document. Yeah, probably at least for the immediate future. And honestly, if that's what it takes for me to travel somewhere again, I'd do it. Yeah, in you'll take it. Absolutely. Who cares? Yeah, so I'll here's, think here's about the, it, but I'll probably do it as well. <laughs> so here's the deal. The, the new the new Pfizer uh, vaccine that was found to, ha- to be 90% effective will need to be refrigerated at negative 70 to negative 80 degrees. This is a reading from weforum.org. This creates a challenge for distribution and storage as most hospitals can only refrigerate at around negative two to negative eight degrees. At this temperature, the vaccine will spoil after five days. Okay. Yeah. So California has proposed building a distribution of network of ultra cold freezers, including mobile vaccination clinics to reach under underserved areas around the state. You know, if Jeff Bezos 
wanted to actually help us, he'd find a way to be part of this logistics, right? The greatest logistics company in the world is Amazon. So come on, Amazon. Yeah, you got to do it. And how much does he profit from? He's like, I want, I want 5%. Yeah, which is, again, fine. Fair enough. He's going to profit from something else anyway. So you might as well profit from something that does the rest of us is good. I'm cool with you making profit if it helps me. Cool. Yeah. And then reading from Business Insider, uh, Pfizer Pfizer coronavirus vaccine requires two shots given three weeks apart, which could make distribution more complicated. So there are logistical hurdles that need to be overcome. But good news, at least, in that they have some sort of recipe for success. And having a 90% effective vaccine is insane. I don't think any vaccine is 90% effective. No, but I don't think so. Like, how effective is the flu vaccine? It's, I mean, you're lucky if it's 50% effective. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's everything in life, right? It's 50-50. Either you can catch it or you don't. Yeah. I think Fauci oh, look was at saying that. he was, Black he Trump was hoping. For, look at that. Huh. They're out there. They're out first there. First one. It's the first one I've seen. Yeah. Fauci was saying he, he would have been... Uh, he would have been happy if it was a um, if it was seventy five percent effective, and now you may save ninety percent, which is yeah, which is awesome. So it's great. Fauci's a quack, the, so <laughs> that's right. Yeah. It's just spouting fake news. So it, it's it was good news to hear, and it sounds like by early next year we should be kind of figuring out these logistical issues and start rolling it out. I saw something very briefly that said April. That's what Trump had said. Even Trump though he said, said, had, he said soon after believe. the election, but I believe he just said April. Let me see if I can. He find. said April when he was speaking yesterday. Right. Okay. That's what it was. Yeah. And I, but I don't, I don't I'm not going to take his word for it. He's not even, he's so not at even this point. Be there let's wait for what president Biden says and we'll get an accurate d- time of when it's going to come out. Very simple. Or just tell me what Pfizer says. They're the ones who make the thing and they can produce it. Right. But, but, but I guess the problem is the logistics of actually government. Cause I believe New Zealand has signed on for like 1.5 million doses of this vaccine here. Oh, that's bullshit. Like, you guys don't even have it. Fuck you. We get well, it That's first. the point. Well, it's <laughs> the point. We want to make sure that you with the cooties can come in here and we're vaccinated from it. So we should get it first. Right. Cause we, we, we don't have it. The majority of our citizens haven't had it. Oh, I see. Or not even the majority. I mean, not even a third, not even a fourth, not even an eighth, right? Like the number of citizens are like like 1,700 out of 5 million. So we're good, right? Yeah, but we're filled with morons who still can't, who still won't wear masks. Well, there's more of your people. There's more of your people who have immunity now, right? So why don't you give us immunity without having us to catch the virus first? That seems fair. You already got your immunity. You got your immunity through the herd. We put in the work. <laughs> but not we on the in, vaccine, we put in the right? work to get Germans. It. The Germans have done it. No, I'm saying we put in the work to get it. And, and you know, we, we suffered through this. You know, we. That's we the choice you it. made. That's not the, the choice economy. New Zealand made. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, we, the U.S. has already given them like a billion dollars to, to put in the order of the vaccine already. So when Trump says we, this was part of warp speed and this, this gave um, he paid like for it, right? <laughs> $1.8 billion. He didn't, he paid for the, he paid for the vaccine order in advance. That's what he paid for, which is fine, but it's not, they actually didn't take the money from the U S for the research. They took money from the German government, I believe. Right. So, Hey man, it, it, this is not really an altruistic goal that they have. It's all, it's all no. for money and profit and of all that course. stuff. But for the, but I'll take it. This is this is when capitalism works. It's magic. Wow. Right? LGBT. Lots of gays back Trump. Mm-hmm. That's a shirt I just saw. LGBT. Lots yep. of gays. Ac- Trump. Acronym works out. Yep. 
How do you think you you count a lot? This guy and his friend. (laughs) Oh, okay. I guess, you know, fair enough. Fair enough. Cruises. Next story. Let's get to it. All right. Fair enough. Speaking of COVID, at least five, reading from The Hill, at least five passengers on first Caribbean cruise in months test positive for (laughs) COVID-19. We're still doing cruises? Uh, Yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at. But here we go. At least five people who were aboard the first Caribbean cruise or Caribbean cruise ship in months tested positive for COVID-19, according to a CNN report. NBC reported earlier on Wednesday that a passenger tested positive for the virus, citing a report from Gene Sloan, a reporter for the website The Points Guy, who was on the ship. Oh, Jesus, not The, no, the Points, points guy. guy. Not The Points Guy. Did he catch it? No, Gene Sloan is a reporter on the site. The uh, Points Guy is the, the site. The Points Guy now is the site because it's no longer a yeah. guy like it used to be. 20 years there is ago. there is a points guy right but he's got he's got a network now yeah he's got a he's he started a business it's a good site i, I still yeah it is it's great it holds I mean, up this it is, holds up this is, this is what got me into the credit card churning business mm-hmm. it's got me a lot of points that i can't it's use it's a beautiful thing i am racking up points like crazy crazy sloan, Same here. <laughs> sloan said that Sloan said the captain announced that the passenger aboard Sea Dream 1 tested positive on a, quote, preliminary basis, end quote. I don't know what that means. NBC noted it was not clear what preliminary basis means. (laughs) (laughs) Sloan said that all passengers were asked to return to their cabins to isolate and that the ship's crew was also isolating. That's a fun way to resume a cruise. The The Hill has reached out to Sea Dream Yacht Club, which owns the ship for comment. Sea Dream 1 is the first cruise vessel to begin sailing in the Caribbean since March when the coronavirus was declared a pandemic. Uh, coronavirus cases are now skyrocketing across the U.S. We know that there were 53, there were 53 passengers and 66 crew members aboard Sea Dream 1 at the time the announcement was made, according to Sloan. So it's not like a huge cruise. It's like, this seems like actually a pretty cozy, small one. It's not like you got one of these giant carnival cruises going with a, you know, where the toilets back up and the power goes out. Every passenger on board had to test negative for the virus several days prior to boarding and again on the day of boarding. Another round of testing was conducted Wednesday when the passenger tested positive. The ship left Barbados on Saturday and had traveled to St. Vincent, Canoa, Canoa, Canoan, Canoan Island and Taboga Cays, according to Sloan. Passengers had not come into contact with island locals, he wrote. Um, I'll just stop there. You get it. Yeah, because if you come in contact with island locals, you kill them all. Yeah. Although the islands are basically open for people yeah because like a lot they of these need are the money they need the money they don't have other industries where the you know the guy that works at a tech company is complaining that his freedoms are being taken yeah but we can... i mean but that's like our bars and restaurants like their yeah. bars still haven't opened in new york yeah yeah it's sad but you know yeah i don't know what you're gonna do because if you go into a bar right now with the way the rest of these idiots in the u.s are doing you're all gonna catch it again and then you're gonna have to lock down so it sucks that the rest of the country not being able to cooperate has affected new york probably worse than anywhere else you haven't you haven't shared uh your live stream yet but i the biggest difference between what you're seeing there and what you saw last saturday and last saturday was also a horrible idea when biden was absolutely was yeah like yeah like, like going everybody out runs into period. the street and parties yeah. it's like we get it. You're happy, but yeah, pump the brakes a little bit here. But the biggest difference is that 
I'd say over 90% of those people were wearing masks. Yep. And I've the seen here. And, and there are the, no people wearing masks. masks here. I mean, the streams on this thing are awful, by the way. There's there one. are more people. I'm seeing more people wearing masks on this Breitbart stream. I am seeing more there's, people. There's two. But again, it's probably about like, 5%. What, 15, 20 people in a shot. Yeah. And I've seen you'll find one out of that one. Yeah, but you do see people with Trump masks on there. They exist. It's just yeah, yeah. It's just obviously there's a lot of less. There's a lot less people without those masks, um, which is going to infinitely make this worse because the, and again they're all close to each other, all breathing on each other. So. I thought that diabetes guy was dead, Wilford Brimley. I just saw him. No, Wilford Brimley's alive. <laughs> he's pretty alive. Sure? Why, well, I'm pretty yeah, sure he's alive, and he's and, you know he's 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 going to go to these Trump rides, and he's going to disappear forever. No, he died in August. No, he's still alive. Just like Herman Cain's still alive. I'm sure you'll see him in here somewhere. Oh, okay. Cool. Don't believe the fake news. They wanted to spin that story to prove that, oh, black people, this is why you shouldn't vote for Trump. It's all fake news. All right. Herman Cain's you think, uh, you think, I, what do you think is going to happen to Cruz, Cruz's? When do you think people will have confidence in him? Or do you think people already have confidence in him? I in think Cruz's are dead. I think like the way everybody you in this crowd, cruise, everybody yeah. in this crowd, if you gave them free cruise tickets or you gave them discounted cruise tickets, you think they'd go? The problem is the cruise industry is always a weird one because it costs so much money to run a cruise, right? Like cruises can't be cheap. It's got to be like know. the most expensive to actually launch this boat into the water, travel to these little islands, and then come back. Like all of the service that you have to have on this boat to keep this thing But alive, it's one of the cheapest ways to have a vacation. Right. But that's kind of my point is that it's already cheap because that's the only way you'll get people on this. And I think mm. cruises are definitely an age thing. I do. I think cruises are a way that more baby boomers are used to having specific types of vacations. Then I think younger people like us, we're a perfect example, right? We're not going to go through a guided tour. We're going to buy plane tickets. We're going to get a hotel room. And then we're going we're gonna to wander around. And I think that's more of a younger way of travel because of the internet. I don't think a lot of people want to sit on a boat going around in a circle because people want to see things. They want the experiences. It's hard to gain. A, a cruise is a great trip for a family, right? When it's like, well, I know I've got 10 different people with me and we all want to do different things. Let's just go on a cruise. It makes it easy. Because we couldn't, for example, the way that me and you travel, I don't think we could travel like that with our families because it's not very structured. And it often, again, even I get frustrated with you most of the time, but I'm able to roll with it, right? Like we're able to make it work. But again, a lot of people want, a lot of people aren't good at sort of wandering around and doing stuff. Some people really do need to be guided or take cruises or take excursions or have specific things sort of planned out in an all-inclusive package where you don't have to think about it. So I totally get the appeal of it. But if you also have that appeal plus the chance of actually catching a virus and then being stuck on a boat, I would seriously fear for the cruise industry personally. But once it, once everybody's vaccinated, huh? Then then everything's okay. Yeah. Wow. Then it comes back because I think there are there is a group of people that really like it. I mean, I think as a family, when you have young kids, or it's good, it's great, or it's more great. elderly people, In I think families, it's, it's great. It's a good option, and it's and it's pretty price efficient for what you yes, get. Yes, absolutely. Again, I'm not knocking that cruises are. I'm just saying I think you're going to get to a point where if it's not safe to be on a cruise. And you, the people who are traveling are going to be the ones who are willing to take the risk of just sort of going to a place, buying a hotel room and making it work. I think cruises are just going to be in trouble because people are going to go, don't go on a cruise because you'll get sick. There's already people who don't like cruises because they get seasick. Like, again, like taking a cruise is a really, it's an interesting option in today's day and age already. Wow, that guy's got to stick with, uh, that looked like the old uh the leader of the communist party of china huh that was interesting okay 
Breitbart video is kind of a perv. He's kind of just like going fighting girls. A little weird. Yeah, he's just stuck on these girls and they just looked at him like, what? what's happening Yeah, like here? stop filming us. Yeah, it's what? Okay. Anyways. Yeah. But yeah, anyways, look, I, I hope the cruise industry doesn't sink. But at the same time, no pun intended. Um, yeah, I'd worry. I would not be taking a cruise in the next two years, personally. I'd travel if there's vaccines and things are safe. I mean, heck, I might even go to Australia if it's safe enough based on where I am. But yeah, I wouldn't be looking to take a cruise anytime soon. All right. Fair enough. I think they'll be back in some form or another. I think it's it's going to be trying times for them. I think they're going to struggle more so than the airline industry because I think every, once once it's cool to fly, I think people are going to jump on that shit immediately. People are already flying, go really. Like they are. Like people are. But already it's not the same volume because you can't it's go not. anywhere. Yes. Yes. Exactly. But people are still willing to get on a plane. Like right. Exactly. Are. So what I'm saying because they want to go to that place. It's not like the experience right. is the plane. The, the experience plane. is the destination. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting how we never had like a cruise airplane type of. I mean, fair enough. I guess it's more expensive to keep a plane in the air <laughs> than it is to keep well, a boat on uh, water. But still, I'm surprised the, they uh, haven't done like day trips of where you basically like fly. Zeppelins, man. Zeppelins were things for a hot second, yeah. right? <laughs> I love the only image you think of a zeppelin is is a, is of it burning. <laughs> the him, the Hindenburg. Yeah. 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 Like, did they actually ever? Was there ever really like commercial zeppelins? Not that I know. When were Zeppelins used commercially? 1910. Yeah, of course. They're first flown yeah. commercially by 19... 19- okay. That's a cool idea. It is. I mean, until- it's a shame that they, like, explode, but it's like one of them exploded, right? One. Yeah, but that's all it takes. Zeppelins... Here, of course. Oh, wait, here we go. Nope. This is a busted site, which is a shame because I, I was very interested. Zeppelins and why they aren't used as commercial flights anymore. Would have been nice to know. Yeah, yeah, because it's like a cool idea, right? I like, I like the, I like the premise. Cool. They kind of yeah. evoke some uh, unsettling imagery now, but surely there's got to be a way to do it. I mean, they also have those these first class flights. Like, I wonder how more prominent these these flights are going to be with these larger. Maybe they do make more of these kind of hotel in the sky type things on planes because you don't you're not crowding people in anymore. Yeah. Maybe you find a medium between coach and first class. That's like, yeah, it's more expensive, but you'll be a little bit more safe because you're not going to be sitting on top of everybody. I don't know. Yeah, it's an interesting proposition. Anyway, let's move on to a little reddish, bluish, blackish, Jewish. We didn't have enough after the last two weeks. <laughs> nope. That's why I found this article here. Reading from NBC News. French bulldog named Wilbur elected mayor of Rabbit Hash, Kentucky. <laughs> I will, uh, I will send you this article so that Let's you can. See, I'm watching so can a sign a that's Vietnamese Americans for Trump dash Pence, Florida 2020. That's why Florida stayed red. <laughs> it's right yeah, there. You, you got it. You won already. You did it. Anyway, here we go. Let's talk about this French bulldog. The Kentucky hamlet of Rabbit Hash has a new mayor, Wilbur a six-month-old French bulldog. Quote, Rabbit Hash Kentucky has never had an actual person or human as a mayor. End quote. Amy Nolan, Wilbur's human, told NBC News. Nolan said the tradition emerged in the late 1990s. Quote, there was a man named Don Clare who thought it would be a great idea to elect some type of animal, not necessarily a canine, as mayor of town. 
as a fundraising event for the Historical Society, unquote, she explained. The Ohio River town of just under 500 people is on the National Register of Historic Places in part for its very old general store built in built around, built circa 1831, reported the Cincinnati Inquirer. Nolan said that there's a thriving community of dog lovers in town, including her. She said she fosters kittens and cats. Very rest- Is this about Wilbur or is that you? Or is this about you, Nolan? Very rescue dogs to their new homes and has two rescue dogs in addition to her Frenchie. But she described Wilbur, who she adopted four months ago, as an anomaly because he's an American Kennel Club registered purebred dog. Quote, he was just so cute. And quote, wow, so Nolan explained. Wilbur out. Yeah. Hasn't even owned him for that long. From 2017 through 2019, according to the American Kennel Club, the French Bulldog has been the fourth most popular purebred breed, purebred dog breed in the country. Can we guess the other top three? Hold on. Pause for a minute. There's a link here. Can you guess the other top three? <sighs> top breeds in... And they are, I'm checking, I'm, they're the same for those same time period. Okay. There's three of them. Can you name the three? French Bulldog is fourth. I'll give you a hint. The Bulldog is fifth on all of these. So Wasn't even going to be my guess. A Labrador. Labs, labs, labs got to be there. Which lab? Uh, let's say. Um, well, I mean, you know I, I, love, I, I, love, I love black it's labs. Just, I mean, I grew up just, with a black lab. So. Just the Labrador Retriever. So you're right. That is number one. Number one is the Labrador Retriever. So I'm guessing that's black labs, that's yellow labs. It's just labs in general. Yeah, it's a, there's a lot. There's a lot they go into. That's like a, that's a great starter dog. It is. <laughs> it is. It's great. It's a great. It's also a great utility dog, right? You can use a Labrador, uh, a Labrador Retriever for almost anything, right? If you're an outdoors person, they'll come outdoors with you. If you want to have them sitting around your house, they can sit around your house. Yeah. Now, are our French our French bulldogs and pugs are they the same? Different. Different. French no, bulldogs. Ears. The big ears is the French bulldog. Right. They still have a bit of a smush face, but they're kind of like a they're kind of like a bulldog, just smaller. So they're stocky, big stocky shoulders, and big ears. Where the pugs don't have big ears and they're not as stocky. They're a little bit more wiggly. Now I would I would say a pug just because they're very popular. Pugs are very popular, but pug is not on the lit not on the top three of the list. Pugs are. Pugs are further down. Pugs are number 31 in 2019. So okay. pugs do not make, they don't even crack the top 30. God, I'm like blanking on breeds now. Like uh, the ones that I think of are ones that there's no way in hell they're popular. Like I would, I would say Pomeranian, but I doubt that that's that. 24 is the Pomeranian. Yep. I knew that was going to be really low. Um, I, you know, toy dogs uh, in general, they're not, they're not like commonplace. They're big in circles. Like you could say chihuahuas, but they're not going to be popular. That's gonna not, they are number like, 35, the chihuahua. Teen. Oh, I was going to say teens for chihuahua. Okay. No, got it. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Those like, they're like white, but they got, they, they spotted a bit. Um, white not Dalmatian. They're, they're not Dalmatians. There's something, uh, collie, co- what is it? Collie, border collies. Border Collies. Where is the Border Collie? Because that is a very popular dog. The Border yeah. Collie is a very popular dog. The Border Collie. The Border Collie is number 33. What? Okay. The 33 wow. 2019 of the most popular dog breeds based on 2020 the most popular dog breeds based on stats. So here, I'll give you a hint, right? The top three, you've got the number one. You've got two more. These are big dogs. These aren't small dogs. They're not toy dogs. They're dogs okay. that are around the size or bigger than the Labrador Retriever. 
So there's, so I'll give you a hint. There's, there's a specific retriever, right? I didn't include it in the the Labrador, but there's a specific retriever that's on this list. Very popular. Golden, a golden retriever? Absolutely. The golden retriever is number three. Got it. So I was thinking of that as a as a Labrador. Okay. Got right. It. But again, the retrievers are broken. That's why I said it's a little hard because like the Labrador retriever, but then the golden retriever is its own breed, really. Um. Yeah. So like a lab, black lab, yellow labs, but then you have golden retrievers, which are pretty much long haired labs. I'm assuming. So. Does, and they took a big enough part of the pie where you had Absolutely. to you know, like separate them. So the give, last give them some glory. Dog, the last dog is not a small dog. It is a dog that you own if you have a lot of land. It's a dog that you would use specifically to protect your home. And that's all the clues I'm giving you. Rottweiler. <laughs> Rottweiler number eight. It's high up there. Rottweiler number eight. Uh, I, I would say pointers are getting popularity. but I, are. Pointers are number nine. Number nine yeah. is the God, my so you're in the right I am, I am highly allergic to it. Um, you're missing one. You're missing wine, one out of this. Wine runners are more of like a branch of those. That's not good. Wine runner. A wine runner. I've never heard of that dog before, but I'm sure it's on this list. A they wine like runner. Pointers. Is a number 39 is a wine or is it, it's a Y W E I M A R A N E R S, right? I play, I play hockey with a famous uh, wine runner photographer. Oh, that's a beautiful dog. Yeah. What a pretty dog. Uh, wiry, it is. It looks a lot like, yeah. It looks like a pointer. It looks the same thing. It's got to be related. Um, let's see. I said Rottweiler. I'll give you one more guess, and then I'll give it to you. Okay. One more guess. Uh, let's see. I don't know. I'll just throw it out there because I like them. Let's say a husky because I, I like. Oh, husky. the husky is a great dog, by the way. That's a dog that will be on this list, and I'm surprised it's number fifteen. So you are close, right? Yeah. The German you know, Shep- you know, Oh, that's what I was thinking of when I was saying German Rottweiler. Shepherd. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Same dog. Same class of dog. Police dog. I like a German Shepherd. German Shepherd's a good looking dog. They are but big dog. Big dog. German Shepherds are huge. <laughs> they can be. They can be very big dogs. So top four. Labrador retrievers, German shepherds, golden retrievers, and French bulldogs, which actually I am surprised by. I'm not. I'm surprised. I'm kind of with you. I'm surprised that Rottweilers or shepherds aren't higher. Like the Australian shepherd, extremely popular dog. Those are the dogs with the different color eyes. Yeah, because like, they, these, like you know, people get dogs for their kids, and French bulldogs are cute looking, even though they're a genetic ab- abomination. Yeah. You know, they're they're just. This is what. That's what they get. I like this dog, for example, right? You start seeing a lot of this dog because this dog looks like an Instagram model. It's a beautiful dog. Gorgeous dog. It's loading. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, look at that wow. thing. That's, <laughs> like, that's, that, is a, that is an Instagram model. Holy crap. <laughs> it's a gorgeous dog. You could, you could see its, its, uh, its fur just bellowing in the wind. Yes, it's, it's a gorgeous dog. So, like, that's where we're going on these dogs. If I was the owner, if someone just said pick a dog, I'd probably pick that one. It's a gorgeous looking dog. By the way, speaking of dogs, we're, we're done with the political talk. Um, but speaking of dogs, let's love to him in his new four-year term. I believe. It's yeah, Godspeed, term. Godspeed. Well, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure you have a very obedient uh, state congress right behind you. Yes. Um, anyway, did uh, where did you decide? Where did you land on the decision to buy a dog? So Trump lost, yep. which has given me time. <laughs> so you don't need the emotional now, support. No, no dog. We we need to make sure that people are going to be home for the dog to work because you need to be home for a dog. I work too much. 
So we've got to make sure that a dog is properly cared for and that you don't come back to a house that has been torn up by a dog. And also the cat that currently lives here, I am not sure if that cat is going to be very happy that there's another animal here. No. The cat may not be happy. Cat doesn't socialize well with uh, with other animals? I, that's a good question. We're not sure. Hmm. Okay. So you can't have a you can't have this Instagram model get hacked up by this cat. <laughs> right? So yeah. you gotta be careful. Fair enough. Although the scars, there's a there's a one-eyed Sheba on uh, Instagram that gets now a Sheba is is a great dog. It's a great dog. Love it. Love a Sheba. Sheba's, is it even on like, the list? Yes, it is. But it's far down on the list. Yeah, it's imagine. very far. Because like Sheba's US are difficult dogs. They're difficult dogs to own because Sheba's they they have this scream that I've watched on YouTube. It's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> It'll protect uh, protect your home though. Yes. Yes, the sheep of man, these pictures, they pick the best pictures for these dogs on this on this American Kennel Club site. Like that's a good looking sheep. That's a great looking sheep. A good coat, good tail, good tongue. Looks good. Looks happy. Look up, Let's see the sheep. Sheep are tough. They're tough to look bad, right? Well, they, yeah, like they can have very big heads, which I think is more funny. Like when they've got a certain profile, they just look very big. They have very fat heads. But like that Sheba, good looking Sheba. It's always like, and and also you could catch a Shiba like smiling. I feel like it wears its personality on its sleeve more so than any other dog. Yes. Yeah. When a Shiba's unhappy, it's going to let you know. Yeah, exactly. And when it's thinking a lot, it's going to look like the Doge. I like the big Shibas, the the Akitas. Oh, the Akitas, sure. That's a a big dog, though. That dog's 100 100 to 130 pounds for male Akita. That's a big dog. Um, But strong dog, strong Shiba. (laughs) Yeah. You don't, you know, you don't want to push over dog. Exactly. That's how I'm going to push a little back. All dogs are cool, but now since you got a yard and you got space, you kind of want a dog that you got to walk. That's what's going to get you outside the house. Yeah, I like a palm. I like a pomeranian. I like it. Well, let me put it this way. I like a, I like a kempt pomeranian. You know, when they're they're all (laughs) scraggly pomeranian. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, there's a difference. Like, if you if you ever look up Bo the pomeranian, now rest in peace, Bo the pomeranian. But that thing does not look like a real dog. Did you look it up? I have looked up Boba. Yeah, I, I know it's, Bo it's Bo hilarious. Yes, Bo the Pomeranian. It looks fake, but it's always so happy. Bo the Pomeranian. Yeah, it's uh, it's looks like a toy. I think they do sell toys of Bo. Or, or is it Bo or Boo? Oh, it's Boo. You're right. Bo. Yeah, I was thinking uh, Bo Radley the Pomeranian. That's different. Different dog. <laughs> or, or Bo Diddley. Uh, American jazz. Star. You know what? Boo, Boo Radley might have been. It might have been Boo Radley. <laughs> Boo Radley is a character in a book, is it not? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Of. Boo Radley is that? Is that in The Kill a Mockingbird? Yes. Yeah. I believe so, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was. Uh, I, I went to Radley's liquor in Christchurch, by the way. <laughs> Just FYI, if you can ever find your way down here, there's a Boo Radley's in New Zealand. Okay. Now there is a Bo Jenkins. Now Bo Jenkins is a uh, I was watching a I, I went to I don't know why I went to this thing I, there's it was in college I, I went to some poetry reading thing and this guy was Did saying college? yeah exactly <laughs> that's probably why I actually think it was for an English course and the guy's like yeah you got to go to this thing I was like all right I'll go to this thing and the guy basically starts like yeah I wrote this poem it's like a it's a poem called Bo Jenkins and I got about like seven poems named Bo Jenkins it's like well, wait why don't you call them different things <laughs> It's terrible for the filing cabinet, but that just stands out when I think of Bo Jenkins. Anyway, oh, the police are starting to lock up. To lock up. Uh oh, I don't know. The police are looking. Uh oh, the police are involved. They've they've got a front line in front of the supporters. Oh, look at that. That's a good looking dog down there. 
He's very wow. obedient in the crowd. They zoom in on him. Good luck. Oh, we got very well, well. You're there's is there counter? No, those are all police. I was like, is there counter protesters? No. Well, the police will become the counter protesters if this continues. What is hap- what's happening with this woman with the cape? Now, there's a woman with dreadlocks and a cape. There's always on the cape. barrier. Yeah, she was kind of talking, and then she kind of. So yeah, they'll, they'll show the dog after this. You're a bit far behind. Oh, I see the I see the dog. I see the dog. Big dog. I see the dog now. They just zoomed in. This guy. Oh, look, he's... I haven't decided on a dog, but there's not a, the, again. There's still a possibility. There's still a possibility. We just got to do some. We got to see how the summer goes and see how how much work. If work from home becomes a more permanent thing, which I don't believe it will, but if it does, then absolutely, right? You're home all the time. Yeah. The problem is if you're not home with a dog, it's not fair to the dog. Right. So I agree. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Well, enough of that shit. Let's move on to some uh, media therapy. What do you say? Yes. All right. Let's do it in the next 15 minutes or so, and then I can go drive my truck to the dump. <laughs> that sounds like a party. So uh, what, what, are you, uh, what are you up to there in, uh, in the home? Did you get your new TV yet? Have I have not gotten use? my new TV. It was supposed to be here on November 10th. It is not here yet, which has frustrated me to no end, but it's good. We still have to paint the wall that the TV is going to sit on, so it's good. Um, yeah, still using the old TV. Uh, yeah, haven't really been doing too much media, to be honest. Been doing stuff around the house. Um, picked up on 90 Day Fiance the other way, where the people go into another country. So okay. we're, we're back on that, right? Because it took a bit of a hiatus because they don't have enough content because of COVID. And now they're back. Sure. Um, so yeah, but otherwise, that's kind of it. There's not been much watched or, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. Still watching Fargo, still watching. Again, these are series that are ongoing, right? So there's not a lot of, there's, I don't have a giant backlog of things to catch up to because we've watched a bit of it, right? So there's not too much old stuff that I've been meaning to watch. There's just new stuff that you got to wait for on a week by week basis. Yeah. I've been, um, well, I've been watching Mando, Mandalorian. Yep. Haven't, wa- haven't started Mando yet. It's on my list, but Alice is not a Star Wars fan. So. No. No, heck no. <laughs> okay. Well, Mandalorian's good because it's like bite-sized chunks, right? It's like 30-minute episodes. Right. And uh, this Yeah, and this last episode is I think it's probably the best episode of the whole run so far. Directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, who directed okay. one episode of the first season. She did a great job. Like I think um she's a pretty she's pretty talented uh, behind the camera there. Cool. And this one this one's a lot of fun. I'd say as far as giving that it's got one of the more grand universe building stories of any of them to date so far. And it's just really cool. Like it was funny because by the time it ended, I'm like, Oh shit, it's already over. Like it just went by so quick compared to the others. Not much downtime. A lot of, a lot of solid action set pieces. It was uh, again, it's giving me that kind of drip feed of star Wars that you'd get in these movies, but in these half hour chunks, which is, which is awesome. So I'm digging it, having a good time. Um, Baby Yoda wasn't the asshole that he was last week, so I'm feeling good about that. Um, but otherwise, yeah, that's all. That's all I've really watched. And gaming wise, very ex- before, you get, before you get into gaming wise, yeah, I, I, I want you to talk about one specific topic on this because I feel like we're going to head towards the Nintendo Switch discussion we had before. I've got some thoughts, so continue, please. On what? You continue, just cut me continue. off when I was about to continue. All right, no, continue. And I'll, and if it happens, I'll peek in. But just know that I might interrupt you if you hit the topic I want you to hit. Okay. So gaming-wise, I've um, I've been playing... Let's see. I finished Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, a game that made me question how terrible I am at games. 
I was able to finish Scourgebringer, at least one run, and I will probably never play that game again, but I loved it. And I've actually been playing a little bit more of, uh, I, you know, I'm, there's a Hyrule Warriors is coming out next week on Switch, so I'm debating what I want to start and if I want to start mm, anything, because right. that'll be out by next Friday. So I actually went back to playing some Hades. So I've been doing some runs in Hades okay. on uh yeah, I uh, need to keep playing. Still good. I just haven't, haven't been able to to separate my time from it. So yeah, that's a yeah. good point. I need to keep in that. getting uh really uh, getting into it. I made it. I was I did two runs in it. I was able to get to uh, to the end. I didn't I didn't complete the run, but I got to the last boss in one run. So I was like, okay, I was able to pick it up relatively quickly, which is good. All the upgrades help that you have. But it's it's what a great game. That might be my favorite game of the year. My favorite um, game of the year by far. Yeah. And Even I played Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah, in the bigger. Yeah, I, I do want to talk about Animal Crossing though, but continue because that's okay. that's one of the things I want to talk about. Yeah, and the larger big thing that's happened this week is I got my Xbox Series X. That's so, it. That's what I wanted. You hit it. All right. Continue, please. Speak up again because I personally feel we're going to have a console war, right? As we always do. I don't know. I personally believe that the uh, that the the Xbox will always be second tier. It's got no chance of beating the PlayStation. None. So, what's interesting about this is I don't think Microsoft cares. They don't care, and, and that's the interesting part to me. No, but here's here's what they care about. So Sony is is structured in a way where they care because the PS5 came out. Let me put it this way: I want both. I the and only reason can't. I don't have a PS5 is because I couldn't get one. Yeah, okay, you get it. And I will get one when I can get one, but at this point I can't, so I didn't. I was able to reserve my Series X day one because Microsoft said you will be able to reserve things at noon at this day. I went to their website. I ordered from the website. It was pounded by some traffic, but a little bit of patience. I had it ordered and done in 10 minutes. It was sold out you know, within five minutes after that. Sony was like, reservations are going to be tomorrow. And then sure enough, they went up that night and it was like all over the place. So it was a complete shit show, but I was able to get one. So that's nice. But I was able to get a Series X, not a PS5. Still trying to do it. Can't do it. We'll get one. So just no, I don't really, I don't have a console bias. Of course you don't. Just you, you, and you never do, right? Like that's the, like you don't have, a, I've never heard you have a console bias. You own all of them. Right. Exactly. I go where the games are. The games are everywhere. Yeah. That's just how it is. You know, I love I, as long as I have PS5 by Ratchet and Clank, I'll be good. That's really all. I, that's what I want more than anything. Uh, but I really want to try the controller. So they all do different things. We are at a point now where I could say that every every console is basically fighting a different war, and they're all winning. In the case of PS, in the case of Sony, they have their console PS5. It's distinct thing from PS4, and their goal is to sell hardware and sell games on that hardware. It's a standard traditional model. For the first time since the PS3, you have backwards compatibility, but only back to PS4. But when you actually go to the store, because I've seen like walkthroughs and things of it, you actually see a PS5 section, then a separate PS4 section. Like the consoles are so distinct that if you have PSVR, you can't actually use PSVR with PS5. You need a dongle, but when you have the adapter, you actually are playing the PS4 games in PSVR. To make things complicated even further, Hitman 3 is going to be VR capable on PS4. So even though there's a PS5 version of the game, you actually have to play the PS4 version of the game to play in VR. So why am I drawing this point? To illustrate that there are distinct lines between PS5 and PS4. It's the traditional console model that we've had in previous generations in the past. Um, Microsoft 
well, Nintendo, I could address quickly because they're doing their own thing. Nintendo always does their own thing. They don't give a fuck. They don't have a console that's even capable of 4K. They have a hybrid portable console thing. It's made for Nintendo games. It's an awesome indie machine. There's a lot of third party games. If you want to play your games portable versus anything else, in addition to playing on TV, you go for Switch. It's the best console out there still. Now, Microsoft. Microsoft is doing something different. Microsoft is basically making a a market where the lines between generations are blurred. The the whole premise of the Xbox Series X and the Xbox Series S is that it's a continuation of Xbox. So when I go into the store to download games on Xbox, it's 100% compatible in in ways that it will 100% backwards compatible with Xbox One titles. It's got a ton of backwards compatibility with 360 titles and even backwards compatibility with select Xbox titles, but they all are presented as Xbox titles. If they're optimized for Series X or Series S, it will it'll make that note clear and it'll automatically optimize it for the system that you have. But the fact that it's all seamless and you're all playing in one ecosystem is very different than Sony. So for example, if I had my if I kept my Xbox One X, there is no game that I'm playing on my Series X that I cannot play on my Xbox One X. It's all cross compatible. It's more like getting a new graphics card on your PC where right. there's not really a game that's exclusive for your graphics card. It's just that it's going to look better, play better, better loading times. That's one of the biggest things for both consoles is with SSDs, load times practically go out the window, which is awesome. Um, but what you're but what you have here is this interesting cross-platform transition with zero seams. There's no strings attached. So it's like, you have an Xbox, cool. You want all your settings on there? Yeah, cool. There you go. The interface is the same. Everything's just snappier and quicker and games look better. They load faster and all that stuff. It's great. And the other component that Microsoft has, which I say they don't care about hardware, is Game Pass. And Game Pass is what they're really selling. And the consoles that they're selling are a vehicle for Game Pass. Game Pass Ultimate, 15 bucks a month. That allows you to play games on Xbox, any of the Xboxes, um, going back to even the original Xbox One, PC, or even streaming on Android. So that means when Halo Infinite comes out, it's supposed to be a launch title, wasn't a launch title, you don't even need to buy an Xbox to play it. If you have an Android phone, or if they get this working on iOS by then, which they should, 15 bucks. Boom. You can just stream it from your phone. You can play this game. They don't care. They don't care. Which is, they, which is the point I wanted to ecosystem. get to. Because mm-hmm. I think hardware-wise, this is Sony's territory and Nintendo's territory, right? I would say Nintendo is the innovative hardware company. Again, I, I'll I'll forever regret my, my degradation of the Switch because it's by far the most played console I've ever owned as an it's adult, amazing. right? It's yeah. great. It's one of the greatest consoles ever made. And I, I, I sincerely apologize. I badmouth that thing to no end. Um, Apology accepted on behalf of Nintendo and the world. Yeah. So again, look, I, again, I, I will, I, my faith has been restored in Nintendo. Put it that way, because I was done with Nintendo, to be honest with you. I was like, they just keep giving me the same five games and I'm done. Now they, they've got a fan again. Like, I'm, I'm all about, I'm interested in whatever they do next, right? Yep. You're, uh, and this is the point I want to talk to. Microsoft doesn't care about the hardware of this. That's not what they're doing. The hardware becomes sort of this very interchangeable thing to them, whether it's – and they've been this push for a long time, right? Whether you own a computer, 
whether you own a phone, whether you own, like whatever, right? We're Since trying about to halfway build, through the Xbox yeah. One. Once they yes. introduced Game Pass, that's when they decided, no, we're better off doing services. Now, the hardware itself, like if you compare one-to-one specs, the Series X has a little bit better hardware than the PS5. Like it's technically better spec versions of those same things. But, you know, for the same price, if you're going to play third-party games, Xbox Series X might give you a bit of an edge. Sony has a different advantage with their controller which is different with all these cool haptics and shit but yeah microsoft's hardware is just the purpose of the xbox is just the easiest way it's the best balance between the best looking and seamless way you don't want to play on your pc we get it pc's cumbersome and annoying here's to get that same experience in a box right it's great it's awesome that's what i want give it to me that's why it has that appeal to me yeah yeah, so look, I, I again, that's that's why I'll probably never own an Xbox because there's so many other ways to play Microsoft titles if I really want to, right? Like again, like for the most part, Titanfall, I've always played on my PC, yeah, right? Because I've got a PC that's got decent specs. I'll never buy that on a console. Where for me, I look for exclusive titles like Ghost of Tsushima or Nintendo stuff now. Um, or indie games that are nice enough to play handheld like Hades I probably would have bought on the PC but again I play big titles on the PC big first person shooters because I'll always be privy to a mouse and keyboard when it comes to that type of stuff where I'll play more yeah I'll play more RPGs and fantasy stuff when I'm on the move when I don't have to sit in an office with a computer um so yeah like it's just very interesting that's why i want to talk about it because it seems like i've again i always read about new consoles i'm definitely getting a ps5 i'm just in no rush to get it as always i'll kind of wait for the title that really wants me to jump onto it and then i'll buy the console with the title like i did that with red dead redemption too right like i kind of forget about a console then a big thing comes out everyone talks about and i go okay let me just buy the bundle and i'll do it that way ratchet and clank that'll be the game I think that's going to be the game that no, I think in general, that'll be the yeah. game that sh- that'll be the first game that shows off the insane next gen hardware. If you look at this game, the whole premise of it is that you're jumping from um, from through various dimensions. And the whole purpose of that is to take advantage of the is that it takes advantage of that SSD drive. So you could instantly load entirely new worlds just by going through these portals with no loading times. And it's like actually in real time. It's so cool. When does that come and out? It, and it looks and it looks like a Pixar movie. They just said, I think first half of 2021. They said launch window, so I would hope in the first three months of 2021. Yeah, March, March, April. Yeah, but if you got to look at videos if you haven't seen it because it is. I, I've seen incredible. it. I just I, as soon as you said that, I remember it. But it, for me, it's just like when can you get a console? And I'm assuming after Christmas. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to find because that's normally how it always is. Like you should be able to find it after Christmas. Some oh, yeah. asshole on Twitter posted a picture of like, he must have had at least 20 PS5s. And it was just a picture of those. He's like 900 for all digital, 1200 for 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 the oh, disk drive. Fuck your feelings. That's what, it, that was it. You wait them out. You wait them out. And that's what you do. So like, yeah. if you got a kid, like look, for all those people out there that are parents and your kid wants a PS5, you got to tell them like, look, man, it's sold out. So we're just going to wait. We're going to wait. I know you'll be sad. You don't have to be first. It's fine. At the end of the day, you'll buy one for the price that it's registered instead of buying from this jerk. Don't let this jerk win. Just hold. It's just like the yeah. guy was boarding toilet paper and buying masks. If you wait, there will be more next week. Yeah. And then don't buy from scalpers. Don't so, buy from scalpers. Don't do it. So with that said, I got the hardware. It's not it, – the user experience is no different than 
I mean, and mostly it's no different than the Series X. The controller is different, but if you ever so slightly in that it's it's grippier, it's got a cool texture to it. Um, and the and there's a share button, which I've already used a couple times because it's really cool that you can take the share button, you hit the button, you get a screenshot, and then that screenshot gets uploaded into your your profile. I could then view and share that from my phone, which makes the most sense anyway. So it's kind of cool that there's there's a bunch of things uh, like that. But that's again, you could do that stuff on the original Xbox. So games have been playing. I um, I played a little bit of the new of Tetris Effect Connected while I was downloading an update for these other things. So yes, I bought a five hundred dollars system, and the first thing I did was play Tetris. Uh, <laughs> but there's this awesome awesome co op multiplayer mode in in this game, which is really badass, and it's that's on Game Pass. Been- yeah, that's always been the best part about having about playing Tetris is the multiplayer. That's like Yo, one of multiplayer the first- was head to head. This is this is co-op. So it's three on one. You're paying a uh, computer opponent and the and the three people. What they do is every so often your boards connect and you're alternating placements to make these long lines to do damage to this to this boss. It's pretty cool. Oh, if you cool. you could get Game Pass on PC, I think you'll be able to play it there. We could actually do co-op. All right, well, let, me, let me look Check into it. Out. Look up uh, Tetris Effect Connected. And most of the time I've been playing uh, the new Yakuza. Yakuza Like a Dragon. I've played every entry. If I'm going to count all the Yakuza games I've played, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, zero, six, Kiwami, which is a remake of one. Kiwami 2, which is a remake of two. Judgment might as well be a Yakuza game, but with a new protagonist. And that's 10 Yakuza games. This will be the 11th yakuza game i played it's a turn-based rpg now versus a brawler and it's awesome so far it's great visually looks about as good as any other yakuza game load times are gone which is awesome maybe some improved lighting effects but i'm digging it so far big fan played about five hours of it so far really looking forward to playing some more of it and yeah i'm a huge fan of it and if anybody's interested in yakuza now is a good time to jump in with this one because all the characters are brand new and it's more user-friendly because it doesn't require any sort of brawling mechanics, which is good or bad, depending on what you're looking for in a game. And then I have, uh, and honestly, the thing that's not holding me from getting a, that's not really making me rush to get a PS5 where I'm not having this insane FOMO because I want it. Yeah. I want to check out the controller. Yeah. I want to play Astrobot. I want to play Spider-Man. Yep. want to do all that. But still, I generally play one game at a time at home. I'll play one game at home, one game on the Switch. Playing Yakuza now, I got Assassin's Creed queued up. I'm probably going to get Call of Duty to play through that campaign. Not really. I, there's plenty of stuff coming out. And and uh, and uh, what is that? Cyberpunk is going to be out in like a month. So That's the game that's been delayed forever, like multiple yeah. times, and has Keanu Reeves in it. <laughs> that's all I know exactly. about that game. Exactly. But it's the follow-up to The Witcher 3 from those guys. So it's not a uh, not a small title. It's going to be awesome. It it looks like it's got all the Cyberpunk has the potential to be my favorite game ever if it hits the same Deus Ex vibes and delivers. Uh, I'm I'm very much excited for that one. So a lot of cool stuff going on in games. Perfect timing considering um, everybody is getting sick with COVID, and you should probably stay inside as much as possible. So it's getting cold at least in the states. So stay in, play video games, have a good time. That's it. There you go. That's all I got. Didn't have anything queued up for the Paul Giamatti game, so we're not going to play it. 
Womp womp. Sorry, everybody. He's most likely younger. <laughs> yeah, he's probably he's probably younger. Poor Paul. Poor Paul. You did see him in that commercial, though. You never I did, which that. was you very jarring, watching the, American news. Yeah, I saw him in the Kia commercial. He was like a lawyer or something. Was it, no, it wasn't Kia. Was it Kia or... Uh, Something I don't remember it was some car. Volkswagen it's a Volkswagen yeah. commercial. He plays the um, he plays a like celebrity financial advisor. <laughs> That's what it is. Celebrity financial advisor. It was a lawyer. again. It's so forgettable. You just remember Paul Giamatti. You don't remember the product. Yeah, but man, Paul Giamatti, he's so good, so good. We need that action movie with him where he plays. Uh, we need a remake Taken. There's Sorry, also a new Liam Neeson action movie that I saw a trailer for as well. I believe it's oh, called yeah. Honest Honest Something. Honest Robber. Honest Thief. Honest Thief. Yes, I did see the trailer. And it's Liam Neeson playing Liam Neeson in a a Liam Neeson movie. So, yeah, that's coming out at some point. I'm sure that will be streamed somewhere. And I will say, so I watched the last 30 minutes of of Dark Knight Rises because that was on TV. So I watched it with uh, commercial interruptions. I fuck that movie. Still, still (laughs) don't like it. Still upsets me. Whenever I watch it, it's Uh. just it becomes less coherent the more you watch it. My tip, if you haven't seen Dark Knight Rises, or if you listen to this, you sure has have, but watch it once, love it, never lo- never watch it again. Just keep that feeling of joy in your heart because that, the more you watch it, the more it unravels and you will feel betrayal, the likes of which you've never felt before. So I must say, and this is the last thing I'm going to make, the reason why that movie makes me so upset is because the way that Anne Hathaway gets rid of Bane. She shoots him. <laughs> she shoots him and then he and then she like slides in on this motorcycle it's it's awful yeah. it's awful dismissive for a baddie that is basically unbeatable until that part in the movie happens well, it's right so before that he just got punched in the face a lot of times it's like oh if i punch him in the mask then that'll beat him okay cool that's this trick and then and then he gets stabbed by uh by marion coltyard or however you pronounce her name yeah. And she's like, "Oh, I'm I'm sexy and I got a knife." It's like, "Yeah, okay, cool." And then and then he's like, and then they strangle him for some reason, I think. And then she's like, "Okay, strangle him, but don't kill him because this bomb's gonna blow up." And then he's got to feel it. And then Ben's like, "Oh, you're not gonna feel the fire because I'm going to kill you." And then so, <laughs> and then right before he's about to do it, then Anne Hath- then he gets shot with a missile, and Anne Hathaway is like, "What's up?" <laughs> it's, that's that's the scene. It's like really silly that alone and that's that's just like a three minute part of the movie oh well and yeah, it's, during it's that so time ridiculous. gary oldman is hanging from the back of a truck trying to disable this bomb because then because then <laughs> while so after bad. she stabs oh. batman and bane's like oh. strangling him she's like rubbing this uh rubbing the button to blow up the bomb and then she presses it and gary oldman's like well glad i saved the day and she's like no matter Let's just go get that bomb and drive it around until it explodes. Like, what? What's your plan? It's so stupid. Like, what a shit movie. God, every time I, t- it just makes me mad. Every time I think about it, I hate it. God damn it, Bane deserves better. Justice for Bane is what I say. Because I rewatched the opening of that movie and the first that that opening scene is pretty cool. Yeah, when they're in the plane and it's doom, doom, doom. Or doom, maybe doom, he's doom, wondering yeah, why he you would shoot a man before you throw him out of a plane. <laughs> Oh God, that movie is so in so long too. It's so long and it's so <laughs> it's <awful>. really long. <laughs> oh man, yeah, you triggered me with that. I maybe I should go hate watch it this afternoon. Do it. Go hate watch it, and then you know what'll clear the palate: The Legend of Bagger Vance. For no reason, just watch those two. That's a that's a fun double feature. <laughs> All right, I don't have any clever. 
closer. Go to go to a I don't know anti mask rally and hold up a sign that says he's abroad. Do that or something. I don't care. Until next time, <laughs> this podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs>